BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. That was very perky for somebody who just had like a two and a half hour cry for no reason session on a Tuesday afternoon. I don't know why I cried for so long. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the tears start and you just have to follow. You just have to follow what's happening. And I really had no reason to be crying. I don't feel stressed about anything. Well, that's not true. I have, you know, I have normal life, life stressors, but just needed to let it out. I guess I haven't had a good cry in a while and today it happened. So we just went with it. Anyway, feeling better now and very excited about today's episode. I don't really have much of an intro today. I was trying to think of anything that I could update you guys on. I did have a new niece that was born. Shout out to my brother, Jake, and his wife, Ari. This is their fourth child. This is my, I don't know, 85th niece or nephew. No, I'm just kidding. I should I should know the number, but I don't off the top of my head. But I have a new niece and I'm very excited about her. Very excited to meet her someday soon. They don't live near me, so I'm going to have to find a way to get to them. But anyway, very excited about that. I also went to the Eras Tour. I did go to the Eras Tour. You guys know I've been talking about it for a hundred years. And finally I went. And if you're interested in the in the full rundown of the whole trip and the concert and everything, it's available on Patreon. I know not everybody's into like some hardcore Taylor Swift content, but if you are, I deliver that over on the Patreon. So you can go to my Instagram link, link in bio, if you want to sign up for that and get some bonus content. Those, just in case, I don't know if I've if I've elaborated on the Patreon in a while, but that's two extra episodes a month. Also for the higher tier, you get access to the private uh, Instagram. You can like vote on topics. We have done like movie nights. We have the chick flick bracket. We have stuff like that that we'll do over on the, on the uh, Patreon Instagram. So yeah, if you want to do that, you can uh, head on over there and join me, join me and fellow broads for a good time. Anyway, but other than that, not much, not much else is going on around here. And this week's episode, it's actually perfect for A, Mother's Day is coming up, B, uh, my sister-in-law just had a baby. It's all, the, today's episode is all about parenting. I'm going to give you all parenting advice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Uh, what is more annoying than that? Than people without kids trying to give 
people with kids parenting advice. I'm not here to give anybody any advice on how to raise their kids, what you're doing. I'm just here to vibe and cheer you on and maybe give you a light roast if you do something dumb. That's what we're doing today. We're talking about the worst parenting moments. And I'm going to keep this as judgment free as possible. I might slip in a little judgment. Actually, I'm going to, no, I'm not. I don't know why I'm saying that. Because first of all, I think that any parent, here I go, here I go, the kid, the, the kid, the person with no kids casting judgment on people with kids. I just don't believe that no parent has not done something dumb. Wait, did that make sense? I feel like every parent in the history of ever has done something dumb or their kid has, you know, you know, they accidentally did something that, that made their kid sad or maybe hurt them a little bit just on accident. Like I just feel like every parent has those. And I like to, I like to provide a safe space for us to talk about the things that we maybe wouldn't say like out loud ever. So that's what we're doing today. You guys submitted your worst parenting moments and last week's episode was wild. Okay. The roommate episodes are always wild. Like the human behavior that exists out there is nothing short of shocking. However, the bad parenting moments are just, oh, they're so good. I love reading these. It's like the submissions are just like banger after banger. It's it's all hits, no skips. Like I love these submissions. So that's all I have for you. And I'm ready to get into today's story submissions. First up, we have, I don't have kids, but this is about my mom. My older brother was just getting his business off the ground selling, (laughs) sorry, I remember this one, selling thrifted clothes on Instagram. He would periodically ask his friends and family to try some of his items on for content for his page, showcasing the fit of the items, never showing faces. As my mom was scrolling through his business page, she clicked on one photo, laughed and said, these shorts are cute, but they look terrible on her. Look, and turned the phone to show me. Yep, it was me. I was modeling the shorts. This was three years ago, so I laughed it off, but had it happened while I was a teenager, I would have fixated on the comments so hard. It's no wonder where my body insecurities came from when I was younger. Man, body body insecurities are a bitch. Like I, you know what's, here's the most annoying thing about body things. Let me, let me lay this one on you. You look back at pictures of yourself as like a teenager. First of all, I thought I was, I, I thought I was like Hagrid in high school. Like I, you know, that picture of the whole Harry Potter cast and like Hagrid is there. Like, that's how I saw myself. I thought I was this gigantic, scary monster. And, uh, I look back at pictures and I was like, Hmm, cool. I'm a completely normal size. I look great. And I spent probably 95% of my time obsessing over what I looked like. I missed out on like, you know, pool days with my friends or things in the summer because I hated wearing shorts or like my friends would go boating and I want to go because I hated the way I looked in a swimsuit. And I just look back and I go, wow, I really, you know, I wish I would have appreciated my body more, you know? And now here I am all these years later doing the same thing. And in 10 years, I'm going to look back and be like, wow, I wish I would have appreciated my body. So I try to keep that in mind. I know I said a few weeks ago, I'm like done with like body positivity stuff. I really am. Like I'm done with like inspirational, like, you know, go fight, win body championing. I just think that we should just like appreciate our bodies and like love them for what they are and like shut up about it. But yeah, I'm, I try to keep that in mind. Just stay neutral. Just say, yeah, my body does what it needs to do. And I, I like it. Okay. Anyway, that was, you know, yeah, that was ironic. Okay. I get the irony that I complained about that. And then I gave you guys a little blurb about some body positivity. I'm sorry. I just know we all struggle with it. Okay. 
in one way or another. Okay, let's go on to the next one. (laughs) In spring 2021, I bought three dozen eggs six weeks before Easter. These were the designated eggs we'd use for boiling and dyeing. Our family doesn't typically eat the eggs we boil and dye. We roll and throw them down a giant hill on Easter day. The eggs sat in a warm, stuffy garage for an entire six weeks. One of those weeks, they were already boiled. This isn't the end of the story. I just want to take a pause here and say, what? Why? Why did you buy so many? Why did you buy them so far in advance? Why did you keep them in your garage? Why did you boil them and then still keep them in your garage? Like why? I mean, it just feels like we could have done this like a couple days before Easter, kept them in a fridge. My next question is, why do you throw them down a hill? Why do you roll them down? Am I missing out on a major like Easter tradition? Because I personally, well, first of all, I've only dyed eggs probably like five times in my life. I never really got the point. I still don't. Also, why do we have Easter bunny and eggs? It should be an Easter chicken if it's eggs, like we should switch the animal up. (laughs) Or if it's the Easter bunny, then we should get like something else that has to do with bunnies like carrots. That's beside the point. Just this whole process seems wild to me. Okay, next or sorry, not next, the rest of the story, the day to dye eggs came. We dyed eggs with a large group. So it was very loud and chaotic. My four-year-old was sitting with her aunt. She, my four-year-old loves boiled eggs and asked if she could eat some of her dyed eggs. I said, yes, not remembering that they sat in our warm garage for as long as they did. I remember after she was three or more eggs in, luckily she never got sick. Me and my husband still laugh and cringe about how bad this parenting moment was for us. Yeah. Again, I'm keeping this a safe place. I just, I've never met anybody who keeps eggs in their garage for six weeks or five weeks and then boils them and puts them back in the garage. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I don't celebrate Easter correctly. Okay. Next one. It is, it is kind of funny. Like just as on an Easter note, like when you aren't really like religious anymore, but you're like celebrating Easter and you're like, so what is this for? Like, what is, what is Easter for? What are you like, what are we celebrating now? And I guess it's kind of like I came to the conclusion this last Easter, it's more like a spring, it's like a spring uh, celebration. You know, it's like it's like just welcoming in warm weather. (laughs) That's what a drop off Easter has taken. We used to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord and now it's just warm weather. That's the reality of growing up. Okay, next one. I called my son an asshole and he overheard me. He was six. He was going through a phase where he was just mean to everyone. We were trying so hard to figure out what was going on with him and trying to teach him how to be respectful. And honestly, he was just being an asshole. He grew out of this phase and is a gem of a human now. I will never not get a rock in my gut when I think about this day. (laughs) I have met a lot of kids in my life. I will say sometimes they're assholes. I, I think it's a tweet or like a meme. I don't know. But somebody talks about how taking care of a toddler is basically like taking care of like a like your drunk best friend. Like they're spilling, they're throwing up, like you're trying to feed them. They just want to sit and watch TV. Like they pee their pants sometimes. You can't understand what they're saying. It's exactly like taking care of a drunk person. And honestly, that's kind of an asshole move of drunk people when they expect you to take care of them. So it correlates that kids just can sometimes be assholes. Okay. Uh, I hate this story so much, but I was pregnant with my second and ridiculously tired. My oldest was only 18 months, so her nap was so important to me because that meant I could take a nap. I used to put her in one of those tent things because she would call, crawl out of her crib. 
I think those have since been banned, but at the time they were a lifesaver for me. On this particular day, I put my oldest to bed and went to take a nap. She was quiet for about 30 minutes, but then started whining. There was no way I was getting her up yet. She normally slept at least two hours. I tried to ignore her, but her whining kept up. I put her on a white, I put on a white noise machine to drown out her fussing, but she wouldn't sleep. At one point, I was so frustrated that I decided to give her some melatonin to get her to sleep. As I stormed into her room to drug my baby, so much shame. No shame. No shame in the melatonin game. I know so many parents who use it. Uh, I noticed she was a little blue. I grabbed her up and quickly noticed that she had something wrapped around her neck. It was hard to see because she had a turtleneck on. It was a string from the ribbon in her hair. You know how a ribbon can fray? She pulled at the ribbon and it was like fluffy floss. She wrapped it around her neck so tight that I had to press scissors into her neck to cut it off. I have felt guilty about this for 10 years. What if I had drugged her and her breathing was compromised? I can't deal with this, but PSA, never put your baby down with a ribbon in her hair. Here's the thing about so many bad parenting moments. They are like freak accidents. Like that's, I mean, that's like 99% of things that happen to kids. They're just freak accidents. Like they never occur to you that it could possibly happen. And even if you do everything right, your kid will probably do something. will probably get hurt at some point, or, you know, you'll probably do something like no matter what that seems like as somebody with no kids coming to that realization is like, I'm like, what do you, what do we even do? What, what do you even do? I feel like it's a miracle. Like I, that's okay. This is why I respect mom so much because I feel like it's a miracle to, first of all, grow, birth, feed a human being, but then to like keep them alive and safe and happy in like any capacity. Like that's, that's like against all odds. You guys are like keeping children alive and raising them and being good parents. Like that's, I mean, it's pretty incredible. So things like this that are like such freak accidents that you would never even think of. I feel like you gotta, you gotta let yourself off the hook a little bit. Cause you really do, you do everything right. You put them down for a nap. You think they're safe. Sometimes something weird happens and they pull on the ribbon. What used to happen to me is that I would have like, I would have a nightgown on and I would pull my, put my arms inside the nightgown because I would be cold or something. And then I would like wiggle around in my sleep and then the nightgown would like wrap around my neck. So I'd wake up and I would just be in my undies with like a huge nightgown around my neck. Like, what can you do? Kids are weird. Okay. Next one. We were traveling and at a restaurant. The food was taking far too long and all five of my kids were hungry. Five. You angel. You angel from above. Starving, they would have said. While we were waiting for the food to come, I was tired of them all complaining. So I gave them all the sugar packets that were on the table and they ate those instead. They ate every single one of them. I can't remember now if the food ever did come or if they were content being filled with sugar. Not my brightest moment, but it's a funny story that they bring up at least once a month. Love you. Love the pod. See, another another, uh, another good thing to remember. Sometimes you just got to give them the sugar. I don't know if I included one of the one of the stories in here. But one of a mom wrote in and was like, basically, when my kids want to eat, I give them what they'll eat. Like, I, I try to keep them happy. They, they're super picky eaters. I just give them what they ask for. And honestly, no shame. No shame in the sugar game. I have, uh, uh, I won't specify who they are, but there are children in my life who love, like, condiments. Like, they will just eat, like, they will just pour soy sauce into a bowl and just like lap it up like a dog. Like that's, that's their, like they'll eat that before dinners, <laughs> which I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't even know what soy sauce really is made of. So I can't say one way or another, 
but I will say, you know, a few sugar packets, a couple tablespoons of soy sauce, they'll be fine. Builds character. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Made by Mary. So this episode is all about moms, right? And I've already mentioned before that Mother's Day is right around the corner. Are you wondering what to get your mom? I already have it covered. Made by Mary has the most gorgeous and sentimental pieces that are perfect for gifting your mom or any other moms in your life on Mother's Day. They have over 40,000 five-star reviews. They are crafted from the highest quality materials, and they are personalized and hand-stamped by talented women right here in my home state of Utah, and they are made for 24-7 wear. You can sweat, sleep, swim in these. They're going to look amazing through and through. As most of you guys know by now, I was able to design a collection with the amazing Made by Mary team. It was so fun collaborating with them. And I want to focus on one piece in particular that I love so much. It is the best friends bracelet. You can buy two and keep one for yourself, gift one to your best friend. I feel like any mom would love to get a little best friends bracelet with her daughter or her friends, whatever it might be. I was so excited to design that because I wanted it to feel like we're just all one big group of best friends. And I don't know. I feel like that when I wear one, I think about all of you who might also be wearing one. So visit madebymary.com and enter the code BAD at checkout and get 10% off of your order. That's M-A-D-E-B-Y-M-A-R-Y.com. Enter the code BAD and get 10% off of your order. Some exclusions do apply and there's a minimum $5 purchase. Once again, that is madebymary.com. Enter the code BAD at checkout and get 10% off. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Way. You know how we talked about life hacks a few weeks ago on the podcast? Turns out that the majority of life hacks are just little tiny things that you can do every day that make your life a lot better. And you know, what they say is true. Small things can make a big difference. And when it comes to caring for your hair, a little goes a long way. Whether you're fine, medium, thick, short, long, whey is just your type no matter what your hair needs, whether it needs volume or shine or hydration. Their shampoos and conditioners are made to give your luscious locks exactly what they need, helping you with multiple hair concerns to get you on your way to good hair days every single day. The things that are helping my hair the very most lately the detox shampoo and the leave-in conditioner. And then you guys know I can't resist the scalp and body scrub or any of their body creams. Truly the, the best smelling and most hydrating creams I've ever put on my body. Mother's Day is right around the corner and I plan on gifting every single mother in my life some whey products because they're too good to keep to myself. If you're not sure what type of hair you have and you want to know what products will best suit you, you can take their hair quiz to find the way that works for you. Once you have your favorites, you can stock up and save with 32-ounce refill pouches of their most loved shampoos and conditioners. If you've been on a product binge like I typically am, I'm trying dry shampoos and oils and all these different things, their detox shampoo can give you and your scalp a deep cleanse to bring it back to life while adding strength, softness, and shine. So get on your way to healthier hair one day at a time with shampoos and conditioners that are just your type. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code BAD for 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code BAD. All right, next, my four-year-old son's favorite game is Marble Run. After we were done, I don't know what Marble Run is, but it's not a game on uh, a phone or a, or a gaming system. It's like a real-life game. That's an important detail. 
After we were done playing it one day, I got him in the bathtub, not knowing that he still had a marble. After 10 minutes of playing in the tub, he told me he lost his marble. And when I asked him what he meant, he told me he put the marble up his butt. So here I am panicking, like, does he need to go to the ER? Will it come out on its own? I sat him on the toilet and told him to try and push like he was going poop. (laughs) After what felt like forever, (laughs) some tears, I heard a ding on the bottom of the toilet. Got the marble. A few months later, we were playing marbles again, and I ran out of the room to get my one-year-old a snack. When I got to my son's room, he said his throat hurt. Took him about 20 minutes to tell me he accidentally swallowed a marble. (laughs) This kid and marbles are not jiving. He said he put it in his mouth to try and see how far he could spit it. When he inhaled to get some momentum, he accidentally swallowed it. Doctor said he should poop it out in a few days and to check his poop if it didn't come out. And we'd do an x-ray to see where it was stuck. Luckily, in a couple days, it did come out. And my husband found it while searching the poop with chopsticks. Goes without saying, marbles are no longer allowed in our home. It's insane to me that marbles are like kids' toys. Like that was like a children's game. Marbles. Like for hundreds of, okay, I don't know about hundreds. But for decades, like marbles the most easily swallowable little tiny item. It was a a children's toy. I don't know. I feel like most parents don't. I I don't know. Do people still play with marbles? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, if kids aren't going to swallow marbles, they'll probably find something else to swallow. I ate like a lot of coins growing up, like more, more than I needed to, for sure. More than probably anybody ever has. I just used to, this is so gross, but I used to when I was little. Okay. But I used to like suck on like pennies. I don't know why I probably had an iron deficiency or something, but then I would accidentally swallow them. Like I would like lay on my bed and just have a, like a nickel in my mouth and read a book. And then I'd be like, where'd that nickel go? And I'd be like, Oh, I just, I swallowed it. I don't know. I turned out fine. (sighs) Can't tell. No, that one's good. Sometimes I tell like little anecdotes about my life and I have to evaluate if they're too far, but that one, that one's, I mean, it's gross by every you know, every standard, but it's not the most personal thing I could share. Okay. Next one. This isn't a discipline thing, but I've never laughed harder or felt like a worse mom in my life. In October, my 14 year old son had open chest surgery, leaving him immobile and me responsible for everything. Showers, bathroom, medicine, food, you name it. When we came home from the hospital, they gave me bags of the medication he would need to stay comfortable. There was a strong painkiller, a muscle relaxer, ibuprofen, Tylenol, and a laxative to make sure that he didn't get backed up from all the meds he was on. I'm not kidding you when I say this is one of the most painful procedures you can get, but we were making it through. He was miserable, but I was diligent alternating the ibuprofen. Sorry, that word is, it's one of those words. It's hard to say with my new teeth. I was diligent alternating the ibuprofen and Tylenol every four hours and stronger medicine when he needed it. As time went on, I couldn't understand why he was not feeling any better. He was in so much pain. He was breaking out in sweats and crying because everything just felt awful. Well, on the sixth day, as I was getting his medicine ready, I was reading the labels of the bottles. Turns out the ibuprofen liquid and the laxative liquid were in the same size bottles, and I was alternating the laxative and Tylenol every four hours, six days straight of laxative. The sweating made complete sense now. I didn't have the heart to tell him, and I just gave him the ibuprofen for his next dose, and all of a sudden, he felt so much better and couldn't believe it. I finally came clean, and we have never laughed harder. On the bright side, he never got the dreaded constipation we were warned about. I wish somebody would dole out some, you know, would alternate painkillers and laxatives to me every day. Oh, I, so this last weekend, I was obviously in Texas for the Aeros tour with my best friend, Kylie. And I, I never noticed that I have stomach issues until I'm with somebody else. 
and they pointed out because like the whole time Kylie's like your stomach is broken and I'm like yeah I know and I do all of the things the here's the here's the real the real bummer about uh the stuff that goes on with my stomach I do everything right okay I take all of the right supplements. I take the digestive enzymes, probiotics. You know, I take magnesium. I'm I'm on all the good shit. I eat horribly. I mean, okay, I shouldn't I shouldn't say horribly. I just I don't really watch what I eat. So I know I know that my stomach issues would be totally fine if I would just eat a little bit better, but I just can't. I can't. And I don't want to. <laughs> so I will take I will take the stomach pain and I will continue to eat in and out whenever I want to. And I'll take some lactate, you know, but I'm not I'm, I mean, I would like a prescription laxative in an IV pretty much every four hours. So really, is this a bad parenting moment or a good parenting moment? I think it's good. OK, next one. My daughter was three and I was frustrated with something she was doing, probably something totally normal for a three-year-old. I was at the end of my leash and likely overreacted and yelled. She goes and hides somewhere. My husband and I are checking all over the house and we go into her room to check again. While we're in there, I say, I love her, but sometimes I want to throw her in the garage, which he totally agreed with. Suddenly from behind her partially open closet door, I hear the tiniest whimper and she starts to cry. My husband and I give each other deer in the headlights look. I went over, apologized, and explained that I said mean things because I was frustrated and that's not okay. We laugh about it now that she's nine, but man, I felt awful. I uh, I feel like, I, I again, it's the same thing as like calling your kid an asshole. Like, I feel like every parent kind of kind of thinks that. Like, you love your kids. I always felt loved. Always felt loved by my parents. I bet sometimes they didn't like me that much. And that was not my, or sorry, that was not their fault. I was probably pretty unlikable. I mean, you guys heard in my episode with my mom when I was talking about like the years that were really hard for us. Like, I don't blame her if she didn't like me for a lot of it. I don't blame her if she wanted to throw me in the garage. I I bet she would have loved to have like a dungeon that she could just throw me in every now and again. But I always felt loved and your kids will too, even if sometimes you don't really like them. Okay, next one. My four-year-old daughter was being taught the sign language to uh, uh, him in primary. Sorry, it says the name of the hymn, but I always feel like it's like a little too specific in case people don't know, like the like hymns of a church in church and stood up proudly and said, I already know sign language. And she held up her middle finger when her teacher told me I wanted to crawl under the floral church couch and die. Anyway, love you. Love the pod. <laughs> every time I see a little kid do this, every time if I see a little kid like like f- like flip the bird or like say a curse word like under their breath every single time I think to myself they have cool parents and I've never seen a kid do it and thought like okay whoa their parents need to ease up I'm always like they're teaching them right I love I love that they know that with all of my friends toddlers I'm always like say a bad word say it I just want to I just I I I know it's in there I don't know why I think it's so funny. Kids being inappropriate or kids being like vulgar is the is the funniest thing in the world to me. I had a little sticker on my phone that said it's well, you guys know Wesley, her podcast, Wake Up With Wesley, all of her merch says do no harm, take no shit. And I had like a sticker on the back of my phone that said that. And I was with a child and they read it and they were like, oh, your phone says shit. I was like, yep, keep that one between you and I, you know? Okay. Anyway, 
literally happened this morning. My kids are three and five and are in the stage where they each wear three to five outfits a day and pull even more than that out of the closet. There are always clothes all over their room and I never know what is dirty and I end up doing what feels like 10,000 loads of laundry a week. So today I had it. I asked and asked and asked for them to clean their room. My five-year-old straight up just said, "Mm, no, and I lost it and came stomping up Godzilla style with a garbage bag and told them the trash will love all of their clothes. I then proceeded to remove every piece of clothing from their room. All the while they're screaming, (laughs) screaming that they need clothes. I will admit that I may have chuckled as my sweet, sweet three-year-old is rescuing any item that she loves or knows her older sister loves yelling, save the underwear. Am I actually going to let my kids go naked? No. Am I going to leave them a few shirts and pants in their room and relocate everything else to another closet? Yes. Will I let them forever believe that I threw away all their clothes? Yeah, probably. You got to throw the hammer down. You know, you got to, you got to, you got to stomp up there. You got to throw some things in the trash. My worst fear growing up, I can't believe my mom and I didn't, well, I I guess I'm not that surprised that that it didn't come up, but my worst fear was my mom like coming into my room and like seeing the mess that I made. Like I am, I as a person am clean. Okay. Like I'm, I am showered. I'm tweezed. I'm, I smell good. I put a lot of effort into making sure that I am a clean person. However, as a kid, I was cluttery. I just had stuff everywhere. I could never keep my room clean. I also changed my clothes like five times a day, still do. Like I, and and I throw everything on the floor. Like I'm, I have to put a lot of effort into making sure that my house stays clean now. Like I have to treat it like, okay, every day I wake up and I do laundry, I do dishes. Like this is part of the routine. I have to pick up. Like, I, I mean, I know it's a stupid life hack, but people who are like, just clean for five minutes every day. And then you don't have to do deep cleans. I try to do that more often than not. I have to do the deep cleans like once a week. I just am not naturally super clean and organized. Um, but as a kid, it was a thousand times worse. And like my mom would, oh, she would beg me to clean my room. And I was just, I was probably such a snot about it. And then she would walk in and she'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to help you clean it. And like the fear and shame that just ran through my bones when I knew my mom was going to see the mess that I made probably would have taught me a lesson if she just started throwing everything away. I would have learned. I would have learned. Now I throw my own things away like it's my day job. Like I am the least sentimental person. I can donate clothes like so easily. I keep nothing of sentimental value. My kids are going to grow up and be like, hey, did you keep anything from our childhood? And I'll be like, nope, tossed it, shredded it, didn't care about it. I need to I need to do better at that because I don't I don't know. I just I think I just started to hate like clutter. And so I know that I won't keep it all organized and keep it all clean. So I just think, well, I should just get rid of it. So then I don't have to deal with the mess. I just kind of worked that out right now in real time. Like I've always wondered, like, why, why do I throw things all away? It's because I hate clutter and I'm naturally cluttery. So if I can just alleviate that part, then I won't be cluttery. Okay. Next one. I am not a parent, but this story is about my mom. Note, she is a wonderful mother and would never hurt me intentionally. Anyway, when I was in high school, it was someone in my family's birthday and we were celebrating with cake and ice cream. My mom makes this amazing three layer chocolate cake and it's really tall. So she uses a big old kitchen knife to cut it. Well, she was cutting cake slices and I, and I was scooping ice cream next to her when I accidentally rolled one of the scoops over the side of the ice cream container. Instinctively, my mom reached to catch it before it landed on the floor. Only she was holding a massive kitchen knife and basically chopped full force into the top of my hand. They, 
actually, when I read this for the first time, I saw head. I thought it was her head, but her hand is, is much better. Thankfully, it only cut through the skin and not tendon or whatever, but it did bleed pretty bad. My mom felt horrible and we all got a little blood and <laughs> we got a little blood in the ice cream, but we put a bandaid on it and everything was fine. Seven years later, I have a little scar and we'd love to tease my mom about the time she chopped me with a huge kitchen knife. Yeah. When I first read this, it said, well, it didn't say I just I'm stupid. So I read head instead of hand, which would have been wild. A chop to the head as opposed to a chop to the hand. Yeah. Handling knife like when when I'm at dinner with like my family and all the kids are around and like I see out of the corner of my eye, like somebody even grab like a spoon, like just any any like is it flatware? Is that what it's called? Like like silverware and oh, it's called silverware. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm not even going to edit that. Oh, that was the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. I'm so happy I recorded that. Uh, so silverware. Yeah, that when I see little kids touch silverware, uh, my anxiety is through the roof, through the roof. If they grab a butter knife, game over, game over. Uh, and so, yeah, seeing a seeing a kitchen knife. Well, it sounds like she's not. She wasn't that young because she was helping scoop ice cream. Anyway, next one. I'm so glad we got that really dumb moment. All right. Uh, I was walking with my three-year-old into ice skating and he was literally dragging his feet while walking in. So I jokingly kicked his booty as you would a goofy light tap on the side of your shoe. I caught him mid stride and full, he full on face planted on the icy sidewalk. Then he proceeds to scream, cry, mommy, you kicked me. Why did you kick me? Mommy <laughs> in front of all these other families, please know this was a uh, wait, wait, let's see. Please know this was about as rough a nudge as a butterfly kiss, but it was literally the worst timed poke ever. I cringe every time I think about it. Yeah, these are the ones like that's these are the ones I'm talking about when you're like, yeah, you're probably gonna accidentally like hurt your kid like randomly. Like you're probably gonna like open a door and they're gonna be standing right there, or like I don't know, like your elbow is gonna accidentally hit them in the face. It just it seems like that's probably gonna happen for people at some point. And if you don't accidentally hurt your kids, I mean, their siblings will do it on purpose. So really, same result. It's fine. We're all fine. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Lost my spot here. Here we go. My husband, or sorry, <laughs> nope. My son decided to use the bathroom right when we were getting in the car to go to an event. And only five minutes earlier, he had been insisting that he did not need to go. Classic kid behavior. He was only four years old and needed help wiping his bum. And I was frustrated with him and worried about him or and let's see. And I was frustrated with him and worried about being late to our event. I asked him to lean forward so I could reach back to wipe him. And when he only leaned forward a tiny bit, I lost my patience and gave him a little push. He swiftly tipped forward and went to brace his hands on the ground while keeping his bum seated on the toilet. He gave a big ow as he put his hands on the ground, but I didn't think much of it. We got him washed up and we rushed off to our event. It wasn't until later that evening when we stripped him down for his bath and saw blood in his underwear that I realized what had happened. The force of my push combined with how far he had to lean forward to reach the ground resulted in his penis getting snagged against the toilet seat. The skin along the base of his penis tore and was swollen and tender. I had to take him to the pediatrician to make sure no lasting damage was done. And fortunately, he made a full recovery. To this day, I have never told my husband nor the pediatrician that I pushed my son forward. I just made it sound like he leaned over on his own and got his penis caught in the process. Glad to finally get this off my chest. I'm kind of like your, what's the thing, like confessional, where you can like anonymously confess behind like that 
like, uh, you know, window thing to a priest. I think it's a priest. I don't know. It's hard being raised religious because you really don't know any other terminology for any other religion. Like there are priests in Mormonism. They are very different than priests in like Catholicism. There are bishops uh, in both. Don't know what bishops do in other religions. I only know what bishops do in Mormons. So I don't really know, but you guys kind of get the point. This is your anonymous time to just let it all out. And here's the thing. Okay. There's parts like, I mean, I just, I have no idea. Just props to all of you moms raising boys, especially like single moms raising boys. Because I mean, obviously, hopefully there's a dad in the picture that can like, you know, pick up the slack on explaining the mechanics of things down South. But like, that seems very intimidating to like have to, you know, teach a boy about that. That feels very scary to me. So just props to all of you who are doing it. And that, yeah. Okay. Next one. <laughs> that's like a, that's like an intimidating part of like having a boy. Like when I think about like, would I rather have a boy or a girl first? I'm like, well, I don't know how to explain any of that. So I don't know, I guess a girl, because I understand what's going on. It's just, it's, it's scary. That, that the whole side of things is scary. Okay. Next one. Uh, one night I was putting my six-year-old to bed and she started complaining that her lips were burning. I started to freak out thinking she was having an allergic reaction. I asked her what she put on her lips and she told me your lip gloss. I was so confused because I didn't give her any lip gloss. You guys know where this is going, don't you? I know you do. Then I realized I left my nipple nibblers on my nightstand instead of putting it away the night before. I asked her what lip gloss she pointed to. Oh, I asked her what lip gloss and she pointed to my nipple nibblers. I held in my laughing and kept a and kept straight lips while I wiped it off and put her to bed. I shut her door and died laughing. Now everything gets put away quick. What the hell is a nipple nibbler? What is it? Do I dare Google it? Okay, fine. I'll Google it. I'll Google it in real time. Here we go. Nipple nibblers. Oh, actually, the niblets. Uh, nibblers. Oh, tingle balm. Pink lemonade flavor. Ooh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I was going to be grossed out and now I might order it. It's only $8 on Amazon. It does. The the branding looks like it was made in someone's basement, though, <laughs> which it probably was. The names I live for, the names of like, of just all of this, of anything like sex related, the things that people name, name this stuff is crazy. But I mean, I feel like people in the olden days would like look now at like the things we do to like enhance sex and they'd be like, you know, you only have to do one thing. Like you don't have to be adding all of this like flavored balm into it. But hey, you know, if you're into it, you're into it. I'm just I'm, I might prime it. I might prime some of this just to see just for market research feels like a tax write off. If I mention it in the podcast, you guys don't know how often I use that in my taxes like. I mean, it feels okay. If any accountants are listening, just turn a turn a blind ear to this because I don't know if it's correct. But I feel like it is because the podcast is my job, right? And in order to be able to have things to talk about on the podcast, I have to live a life. I have to buy things. I have to experience things. And that's what I talk about. And that's how the podcast grows. And that's how I make money. So if I talk about something on the podcast, it's a tax write-off. So let's see what else I can write off in this moment. Uh, two weeks in Paris. Uh, a trip to Disneyland, all the clothes I ever buy, 
uh, now that I said those on the podcast, I can write them off. Okay. It's the law. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is very hard to figure out a balance between taking care of yourself and taking care of other people. This is something that I struggle with a lot. It's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. And sometimes it can be hard to take a moment and think about what you need from yourself. You are also somebody who needs you. Okay. When we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. And therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Almost everybody in my life, obviously, including myself, has benefited heavily from therapy. Whenever life gets a little wonky, we always remind each other, maybe you should talk to a therapist. Maybe it's time to schedule that. Maybe it's time to hop on that call. Maybe they can help you through this better than you can on your own. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great option to try. It's entirely online and it is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I hear a lot of you guys tell me that therapy feels intimidating at first. You don't know how to get started. You don't know how to find someone. It all feels very inconvenient. And BetterHelp is designed to alleviate all of those little stressors. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. one I thought took so many weird turns sometimes I like so often I just start talking and I don't know what's I don't know who gave me I don't know who gave me permission to do any of this I don't know who allows me to just sit in front of a microphone and say all the things that come to my brain you guys would be shocked at the things I don't say you guys would just be be flabbergasted at the happenings of my life that I keep to myself because I just think I can't I can't say that I can't say that so as as outrageous as maybe some things I say are, or maybe not outrageous, but you know, maybe like, you know, like out of nowhere, a lot of them I keep to myself. So just remember how blessed you are that I have some sort of filter. Okay. Uh, next one. (laughs) The other day, my four-year-old son said, mom, freaky is a bad word. We were out in a crowded parking lot walking into the grocery store. And I said, yeah, I guess that isn't a, a very nice word. I thought it was odd that he would sing a lot of word like freaky, but I didn't think much of it. Then he says, yeah, because the other day I said, that's fucking freaky. And the teacher got really mad at me. <laughs> I audibly gasped. <laughs> this is by far my favorite one. And then tried to maintain my composure as heads turned toward us. I quickly explained to him that it was the other word that his teacher meant wasn't nice. I never put those two words together, but I do say the F word in a ca- on occasion. So here's to hoping that he learned that from someone else and not me. Once again, cool parents, cool parent award, teaching your kids the F word. I, I think about this a lot because I swear a lot in like my day to day. I 
don't, I mean, I have started to swear more on the podcast, but I do keep it pretty tight here. However, I'm like, okay, how do you do this with kids? Because like, you don't want to be so filtered that like, it's not real, but like, you also don't want to teach them words too young, but you also want them to feel safe saying whatever they want to say. I don't know. I go, I ask my friends about this a lot. My friends that are parents and the conclusion that I've heard a lot is that basically like they can learn the words, but like they have to know that there's consequences behind them. Like if they talk like that, they probably like won't be allowed to hang out with anybody. But I don't know. I just it's a weird it's a weird balance. I also want to say I, I know I'm I'm like I love moms. I'm kind of weird about it, but I've just I've never met a bad mom. I know they're probably out there. I know they probably exist. Personally, every single mom that I have interacted with, like the thing that's on the forefront of their mind, their mind their mind is what's best for my kid. Like that's what every mom thinks. And sure, the tactics might be different. Some people might be cool with teaching their kids the F word. Some people might not be, but like, I just think that a mother's intuition on what's best for their kid is so strong. I just, I, I trust moms and their decisions and what they do for their own kids. I have all my friends and all my sisters-in-law and my parents and every mom that I know parents in a vastly different way. Every single kid is happy and loved. And I just trust that they know exactly what their kids need. So I don't know. Will I be teaching my kids the F word the moment they can talk? Absolutely. Okay. Next one. I leave my kids in the car to go get a drink at the gas station. I bring my keys with me and I lock the car. Please don't call CPS. Mama needs her fix. This is one that we've talked about before. I think I may have talked about this with JC and Chelsea. Did we do an episode? I, I'm remembering talking to Chelsea about this, about leaving your kid in the car. I don't know. Again, I probably have a way different perspective on it because I'm not a parent. But like this to me doesn't seem like a big deal. If it's hot, it does seem like a big deal. But like, I don't know. Am I am I like way off track here that it just doesn't seem like a huge deal to like, you know, keep them in there for like, I don't know, 90 seconds while you run in somewhere? I, I don't come for me. I'm just, I'm offering my very obviously inexperienced take on it. I'm sure every mom out there is like yelling at me, like, please don't have children and lock them in your car. <laughs> I told you this would be judgment free, even, even if it means you lock your kids in your car. Okay. Next one. So I couldn't, or sorry. So I took my six month old to get her first shot. Afterward, I had to poop so bad. I couldn't wait. I didn't have a stroller or a car seat or anything to put her down while I used the public bathroom. She had just started sitting up and was normally pretty stable at home. So I improvised. I laid her coat on the floor of the stall and put her down sitting, put her down on it, sitting up. I go to pull down my pants, sit on the toilet and then watch as my baby face plants onto the public bathroom floor. She starts screaming. I jump up and waddle as I grab her as fast as I can with my pants down and then just try and hold her and comfort her while I poop because I have to go. I washed her face and her hands so many times. I felt like the worst mom in the world. Okay. In a pre-COVID world, like I feel like when I was growing up, I never worried about germs. Like I didn't know any person pre like 2015 who always had hand sanitizer with them. Like I, I just, I don't remember. Maybe I'm remembering wrong or maybe it was COVID that like made me hyper aware of germs. And then I just like, don't remember what I felt like before, uh, before COVID. But I just feel like we were all doing like gross stuff, like all the time. Like now I would never five second rule food. Like I just throw it away if it falls on the floor. 
I ate so much food off the floor when I was a kid. Like we played on so many playgrounds. I never, I'm sure my mom had me wash my hands. It just, it wasn't a huge like thing. So all of this to say, I bet she's just got a killer immune system. I mean, you were at like the, the, where were you? The county health building getting a shot. Like she's probably fine. I mean, probably, probably something good on that floor. I mean, they're giving out shots. I bet there's some like amoxicillin on the tile, (laughs) but like just she's inherently immune to everything. But this brings up a good point. Moms, how are you pooping? How are you pooping with a kid? What are you doing with it? Do you just like lock them in a room and then like you go poop? Like when you're alone, obviously, hopefully when you're with a partner, like your partner helps you out. They're not like, yeah, good luck pooping with the toddler next to you. But like, do you just like, do you put them in like the bathtub and like hope they don't climb out? Like, I don't get it. And I'm very stressed about it. Like sleep, you know, I can deal with, I can, you know, all these things that come with having a kid that you give up. How do you poop? How do you poop? Do you, do you put them in a baby? You put them in a baby carrier. That sounds like a really good idea. Sounds like I maybe just fixed everyone's problems. Uh, but yeah, just give me some feedback on that. What's your tactic? How I let's, let's, let's toss around some ideas so that you guys can get some quality poop in time. Okay. Next one. I hadn't reason or gosh, I miss, I'm messing up the first word of all of these. I had recently given birth to my second baby and I was breastfeeding her on the couch. My dog and 18 month old son were following each other around the living room, a totally normal thing. So I wasn't paying much attention to them. It ha- I happened to look up and see my son lick his finger. You guys know, I know you, I know, you know, naturally I was a little concerned. I noticed a small brown spot on the floor under him. And my first thought was that it was chocolate, except I hadn't given him any chocolate. I got up with my newborn still attached to me to get a closer look. My worst nightmare as a mom had come true. My dog had gone diarrhea on the floor and my toddler stuck his finger in it and ate it. It took everything in me not to throw up immediately. I don't even know what I did after I realized it was poop. Everything was a blur and I went into survival mode. I can't believe I didn't put that one last. You guys know I always like, I always like to end on like incredibly gross ones. That, I mean, like it's no one's fault. Like it's literally no one's fault. That's the hardest part about these bad parenting moments. A lot of them are, you know, someone's a fault. Though sometimes they're no one's fault. Like, like it doesn't cross your mind. Like you don't think like, okay, how can we take precautions if our dog has diarrhea out of my line of sight and my toddler goes up to it and sticks his finger in it? Like, how can you even prevent that? It's so not anybody's fault, but yeah, that's uh, it is disgusting. You're not at fault, but still very, very disgusting. I mean, I don't know. You probably just, just hold for the best, put a little mouthwash in there. I don't know. Keep an eye on his fever turn. I mean, it seems like he's doing fine. Seems like everything seems like everything worked out. Okay. Okay. Next one. This is the last one. Oh, Maddie, this makes me stress sweat every time I think about it. When my daughter was very small, like a year and a half old, small. So like very much still a toddler. I laid her down for her morning nap in her crib. I wait 10 minutes. And then when I don't hear anything in her room, I hop in the shower. I take my everything shower and I get out to do my everything post shower. I'm taking like 45 minutes of me being it. Yeah, wait, let's see of me being thoroughly distracted while my baby is supposedly sleeping in her bed. I then hear a doorbell. So I go downstairs and a stranger is at my door asking if I'm missing a toddler. I'm like, no, why? 
And he's like, well, there's a little girl who's been wandering the neighborhood for a while and we can't find her parents. And I'm horrified. Not for myself. No, no. For this poor child whose negligent parents are off doing who knows what. So I wander up the street to help. Maddie, I think you know where this is going. There was a crowd of like 20 people all just hanging out very angry and very worried when I see my freaking daughter and our puppy just chilling. She's in her sleep sack, filthy from wandering the streets, and my little puppy is making circles around her like a perimeter. And WTF do I even do in this situation? I can't pretend she's not mine. I can see she's fine, so I'm not like panicking as much as I probably should have been. I didn't even have time to get stressed for her safety because my dumbass didn't even know she was missing. So my reaction came off super forced and awkward, even to me. Then I proceed to just word vomit this to this literal angry mob about how she's never crawled out of her crib before or opened doors, let alone both silently and shut the door behind her and wandered away. Meanwhile, I'm like shaved, glistening, moisturized. My hair is blown out. I'm looking so damn fresh while my child literally looks homeless. <laughs> Everything about it was just so bad. I grabbed her and half ran back to my house and just waited for CPS or the cops to show up. Neither of them ever did. Thank goodness. Since then, I've become very close with all my neighbors and they all giggle about it. Now knowing how freaking wild my daughter is still years later. But another cute detail I found out through a neighbor is that my dog totally guarded her the entire time and wouldn't let anyone pick up my daughter while they looked for her parent. She's just a lab, so she's not even particularly a particularly protective breed. Dogs are just truly the greatest gift. But that's the time I unknowingly judged myself as a horrible, negligent parent. Haha, <laughs> yikes. That was, I mean, we had some, we had a, a good, uh, a good range there. Really gross dog story, really sweet dog story. I think about this all the time with, with social media and parenting, because I feel like uh, it's, it's so hard. It's becoming more common now that people don't share anything about their kids on social media, which I totally support. I feel like not showing faces, not sharing details, like I think that that is the move. I mean, I don't, I don't share my nieces or nephews or any of my friends' kids. Like, I think that that is the way to go personally. If other people choose to do it, it's their life. It's their kid. Who cares? Who am I to say that you shouldn't do it? It's a total personal preference. But I, there's so many things going around on TikTok of parents posting things that they either do to their kids or like family things or like bad mom moments they have. And people are ripped to shreds. Granted, a lot of them that I see, I'm like, okay, whoa, that's a lot to do to your kid. Like maybe like normalize secrets and don't put that on TikTok. But sometimes people will just like share like funny things that happen or like funny videos where their kid like falls down. <laughs> like I think kids falling down, not getting hurt, just falling down uh, is the funniest shit ever. I think that it's hilarious. I think that kids like like tripping is funny. But I, I don't know. It's just, it's so hard to know where the line is and everybody just has to choose where their own line is, what they will share and what they won't. But I just, I feel really bad for parents that are like innocently trying to share something or a funny moment that they had and the internet just takes it and skews it and makes it something that it isn't. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of harmless videos out there. There's a lot of ones that are really bad parenting moments that people need to keep to themselves. But yeah, I, d I don't know what has happened. I mean, I've talked about, you know, how I'm sick of the internet lately and I'm like sick of sharing everything about my life. And I feel like I have even gotten more private with certain things like that. Like I feel like I've gotten, it's, it's both. I've been a lot more open about certain things, like sharing about my experience with like religion and stuff. I never thought that I would share that on the podcast. Uh, so in like that regard, I feel like I've been more open. There's other parts of my life where I've been a lot more private, but 
Yeah, it's just, it's interesting. It's just, I mean, I have no point of saying this and I have no advice for anybody. It's just, I I feel like people feel a responsibility to share a ton about their life and about their kids. And even like not even influencers, just people, like people feel like they need to be sharing it all the time. And it's like so ingrained in us to just keep posting and keep sharing and go deeper and more and more and more and post more about our kids. And I don't know, it'll just be interesting to see how things shake out in like the next 20 years when these kids are growing up and like what it will, how they will feel about social media. I I don't know if I've said this before, but there was an article for real, an article. Okay. It wasn't a TikTok. It was an article that talked about how Gen Z, well, not even Gen Z, like what is, what's the next one? Generation alpha. They will look at social media, how our generation looks at smoking. So like, I mean, in generations past, like boomers and older, like smoking was a totally normal thing. Like people smoked on planes and restaurants, like smoking was everywhere. And then we started getting educated on it. And now we're all like, can you even believe that people just smoked all the time? Like that's disgusting. So I don't know. Now people are going to start feeling that way about social media. They're going to be like, yeah, it's everywhere. But now we know I have all these studies and we know that it's harmful. So why would we do that? And like, maybe, maybe social media will be phased out eventually. This is like what I think about at night. Like when I think about my job and like how much of it is social media and like, is it, is it like helpful? Is it good? Is it productive? Is it what I want? Is it like, I don't know. Is it affecting me more than I think? Oh, these are the things, guys. These are the things that make me really stressed. If I linger on them too long, I will spiral and not emerge from the scary cave of doubt. But anyway, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you like sharing, you know, do do you 100%. And if you are the consumer of content that involves a child or a parent or a funny thing, keep your opinion to yourself, you know? Because it's not your kid. It's not your life. If people do choose to share their kids and you don't like what they post, that's a you problem. Okay? It's not up to you to police the parenting of other people. And hopefully, I didn't come across like preachy in all of that or during this episode because truly, I think that all parents are incredible, super human people. Like, I think that raising a child is the most incredible feat. And I salute you. So, that's all we've got for you today. Remember to follow me on Instagram because that is where I post the weekly question. We don't always do story submitted our uh, episodes, but we do them a lot. So if you would like to hop on, you got to follow me on Instagram because that's where I post the little Google sheets that you fill it out or, or that you fill out so you can get your stories. I really want to do an episode. I Sometimes I have like an idea for an episode, but I don't know if like the context is coming across right or like if the topic even makes sense. I want to do an episode on times that you were violently humbled. You know, like times that somebody made a comment to you where they just, it really knocked you down. You thought that you were on top of the world. Somebody made a comment and then you were like, okay, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. And posting that alone on Instagram, I didn't know if it would make sense, but I, I know that if I explain it, you guys will get what I mean. So with that context, that episode will be coming up. So go follow me on Instagram so that you can submit yours. Uh, they're painful. When I think back to, when I think back to (laughs) mine, they're pretty rough. Like, you know, like times that like, I thought my skin was like totally skinning and it was like looking amazing. And then people are like, what do you do to cover up your acne? And I'm like, cool. Thanks. Uh, so that will be coming up and yeah, we have a lot of fun, fun topics, fun guests. 
And yeah, that's all. That's all I've got for you. I'm trying to think of what else so I can keep you here chatting. I mean, it's a one sided chat, but it feels like we're chatting. Do you guys remember that Dum Dum Club where they <laughs> were talking about like the P90X like instructor and he was saying, all right, well, I'm done chatting. Let's get started. And the person thought that his name was done chatting. That was amazing. That was an amazing, an amazing submission. So anyway, I'm done chatting. Remember to always be safe, be kind and be hot and subscribe, rate, review, post on social media. Do do your thing because you guys are the best spreading the word of broad. I'll see you next week. Love you guys so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.